2: Log Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Great Iron Blitz, right here on Apple Podcasts and Block Talk Radio. Oscar Lopez here, your host today. We're going to have an exciting show today. We're going to talk to the talented and always exciting Amanda Ruler of Team uh, Football Canada who uh, took the silver at the Women's World Championships as well as former LFL standout in Atlanta and uh, with the LA LA temptation. So uh, we're going to talk to her about the journey, the LFL journey, plus the journey over to uh, full kit and actually representing our country, so we're going to dive into that. We're also going to have Holly Custis on with us today, co-hosting with us. Uh, Troy Wilson will not make it uh, today, but he will be back in another show, so I know everybody's always excited to have Troy on, so we miss him this week, but he'll be back uh, hopefully next week, Uh, and we're talking college college football exclusively as we go towards the coming months, and then we're going to dive into – Gridiron uh, down under, which is basically Gridiron Queensland, Gridiron New South Wales, uh, Gridiron West, and then we're going to dive into also uh, the ACK Gridiron, which just going to start off some of that uh, action down south. We'll dive into the uh, German leagues as we get into the playoff format in Germany. Um, that's some of the playoffs. We're also going to talk about in, next week and this coming weekend. Uh, this coming weekend, we got August 12th, big big weekend for Women's Football League, the WFL in Mexico, and that's uh, um, Legends Football League style play down in Mexico. We got the playoffs coming up. You can follow our Twitter feed as well as our Facebook page for all the updates from all our network partners, including page, which is WFL on Facebook and as well as uh, at a WFL Oficial on Twitter. So uh, let's bring in the uh, All-Star, WFA All-Star of the Seattle Majestics and uh, uh Holly Custis in the house. What's going on, Holly? Now,
2: uh, no March, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Um just excited. We're gonna have Amanda Ruler on. She played for Team Canada. She's also played Legends Football League, both sides of the ball there. So maybe we can get mm-hmm. you know, pick her brain about which style's better and which she prefers. Obviously um you know Team Canada came in second once again, uh third time that they come in second. And this time they scored, I think, 16 points. It was 41-16 to 16 against Team USA. Everybody knew that coming into the tournament that they would be basically second favorites uh, into the tournament, and that uh, was no different this year also.
2: Uh, that's correct. I, I still think they had a really good showing, now. Um, I mean, Canada is not that far away, obviously, from America's It's uh neighbors uh, up north, and they've played – uh, not as long as we have in the States, but um, I feel like they have an established program up there, and I think they actually played pretty well. Um, and uh, so I'm excited to hear her perspective on how it went.
1: Yeah, and, and you know what? It was a great tournament. Uh, you know, uh, we they could we could have done better. Uh, I think you got to put the blame. I put the blame on IFAB for splitting the whole organization. I think they were doing a good job prior to this whole marriage split. Between IFAB Paris and IFAB New York, uh, if they would have stayed uh, in that road, I think it would have benefited the women's game a lot more than it has already. But overall, the tournament—we've talked about it in the previous weeks. Overall, the tournament was very exciting. Even Sammy last week said, "You know, this is this is a great gauge for some countries in terms of their programs because some countries still play seven on seven or nine nine nine, and they don't play a true eleven on eleven yet." And I think that's you know, that's the drawback when you go inside the tournament because, you know, in the U.S. it's an 11-11 style mentality. In Canada, 11-11, and then somehow in Mexico as well now, they're going to towards, start building towards that. So uh, a disadvantage, I, I guess, when you get to the international stage in some countries, but some of them are obviously moving forward to try to get to the 11-11 format now.
2: Yes, Uh um... I think, you know, women's football is definitely uh, going along the same path that uh, men's basketball did with the Dream Team in 92, where, uh, you know, America in 92 pretty much destroyed everybody. But what happened because of that is that the international game, um, you know, gradually started to develop, and now it's a lot more competitive. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing with – with uh, 11-on-11 type of football, is all the, a lot of these countries they're, they're in the infant stage of their programs to the point where there's just not enough interest yet to support the numbers needed to have 11-on-11 style football. So they started with what they had, which is you know smaller um, uh, type of football, and now that uh, they're having some success on this level, I think it's going to lend itself to. Uh, a lot more development and their 11 11 type style of football. Uh, but I think what you saw between this version of the games and the last one is that the bridging uh, and the gap between uh, America and the rest of the world is closing a little bit uh, because you know, basically countries are having time to, to develop, go to camps, and learn. And so I'm really excited because it's a good thing for the sport. We we need that. We need other countries to be competitive because it will just make, you know, the entire sport a better product as a whole. And it will push America to be better too. So it, it's iron sharpens iron, that's the way I like to put it.
1: Yeah, and you got to give credit. You know, uh, King Spain, the previous tournament, I Was in the tournament. Previous to that was Team uh, Austria, and then all of a sudden now we have Team Australia. So there is growth. Uh, team Spain, from my sources, was not ready this year. The coaches in in Spain uh, felt that they could not field a competitive team, so they opted not to even uh, go the route, you know, to to submit a team, which is a good thing because if they're, if you're not ready, like you said with numbers, you're just wasting a program's time and energy and disappointing the players when they're not going to compete at a real competitive level. Uh, I think, uh, great on Australia, we saw it here as Sammy, um, alluded to that the coaching was there, but their level of play based on the fact that they don't play 11 on 11, that could have been also a factor, talented players, but obviously the format's different. And that also, you know, hinders you from competing on equal level with, you know, the teams that do play 11 on 11.
2: It it definitely does because it's a different style. And then on top of that, like Sammy was saying, they had uh, a bunch of uh, American coaches go, go down there, and they were really good coaches. But like um, Luis Bean was saying last week, difference between being a phenomenal athlete and coming onto the football field and having a great coach tell you what to do and having the experience... As having played before and knowing what to look for. That's a huge difference. And and you see it, I see it week in and week out when I play. Like being said, you can tell who's experienced and who's not. And Australia is just not quite there with the experience level. They're getting the the correct coaching, but it's just going to, it's the seeds um, that are being planted. And once they get more experience in playing that way, It'll pay off. It's just a little too early.
1: Yeah, and overall, the tournament was a good tournament because you gauged. uh, I I know the Great Britain uh, program gauged their potential, you know what I mean, finishing uh, very second in, obviously, in the European Championships, then finishing here almost, you know, fourth or so. And so, you know, that's got to be great for them, you know what I mean, for the British programs and the women's side of, of, of things. And then Mexico, like I said, Mexico is really the surprise squad, but not so much in the sense because they, they get to see NFL football. You know, they get to experience NFL football. They get to watch NFL football. There's men's college and men's uh, pro leagues in Mexico now in, in that sense. So they're more in tune with what the game's all about. So they, they're more familiar with the rules and everything else versus maybe uh, a, a European country that obviously just started the program. So, You know, exciting times in terms of FX Mexico Lexfa, which is the equivalent of WFA or IWFL in the states. which is a great, great time to be in Mexico right now.
2: Definitely. Uh, When I was watching the games, I was, like we said before, I was not really that surprised about Mexico doing well because – I had the opportunity to play them, or a lot of them, in an exhibition game when they had an all-star team come up to play my team in Seattle a couple of years ago. And um, I was not that surprised that they did well. I think they were just kind of under the radar. Um, but I think their play at the tournament is kind of their coming out party as, hey, we can play here in Mexico as well and you give them additional time like any other country and they're 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 just going to get better too. And uh so it was a great tournament and I know that um you know we're used to uh Team USA blowing everybody out by a lot of points but I honestly don't think that's a good thing. We we need we need the competition. If you look at women's softball for example, uh, I don't know maybe one or two Olympics, maybe two Olympics ago. Um, yeah. American softball was was killing everybody. Like nobody could even score a run on them, to the point where basically they cut softball out of Olympics because it was just not competitive. And we don't want that. We want competition because it's just going to make the product better overall. So I, I I'm really excited about how it turned out, actually.
1: Yeah, and and it just uh, we said it earlier in the week when the tournament was going on. Uh, it was really high style tournament, and you have new stars coming on because just in the states alone, we have players, you know, retiring or moving on. There's other players, just like in Finland, there's prominent players that have been prominent for the last three tournaments. They've also decided to retire and move on, and that also affects the programs in each country because, uh, you know, the the talent isn't up to par as it was before. So it's going to take some time, and like you said, within that within that change. There's probably going to be a drop off in certain countries, whether it be U.S., Canada, or something like that. And there's the opportunity for other countries to really, up, you know, uh, do their uprising in terms of their program, bringing them up to another level.
2: Definitely, and and it's one of those things that um, our sport is is kind of newer to the international play. And if you look at how other sports operate with the national with the national teams, international play. A lot of those teams, you know, for example, like uh, uh, USA women's soccer, those teams have a lot more time to practice and gel together, and there's actual programs and structure to it, and um, right. that we're not quite there yet. And so, because and, of that,
1: funding and that funding, makes a yeah, big world, difference. Funding as well. So it
2: basically, it comes down, yeah, it, it's a catch twenty um, two, but because they have that structure they can develop uh, the younger classes underneath the established stars now so that when those established stars are getting to the point where they're retiring, then it be easy. they can start backfilling. And so um, I think team USA has a benefit in that we have um, obviously played it longer, so it's easier uh, for us to backfill. So it's a matter of those other countries developing programs enough, having the structure in place so that when those people start retiring, they can develop underneath them as well so that uh, there's not as big of a drop-off. All
1: right. So, um, Holly, let's go to the No Joke Football Huddle. No Joke Football Huddle is sponsored by Zazzle.com. You can get all your No Joke Football gear, save up to 20% daily, Uh, check the special codes on a daily basis, up to 20% off. You can get the uh, legendary No Joke Football chalk line, T-shirts, tanks, or any other gift you want on Zazzle.com. If you can't find anything in our shop, no big deal. Zazzle has zillions of shops internationally as well. So uh, you can go to Zazzle.com forward slash uh, Gridiron Beauties. You can find all the NoJerk football gear. Every shirt, tank, and or legging that is sold, we make only approximately $3 to $5 on each item. Those dollars are accumulated, okay, to sponsor another player internationally. And that player gets spotlighted with our gear, to uh, showcase to the world that there's talented athletes in other countries and other leagues, upcoming leagues, or existing leagues, that obviously play women's American football, and their game is no joke. So go to Zazzle.com forward slash career beauties, save up to 20% daily, and take advantage of the sales there. So let's go into the huddle with the talented and amazing Amanda Ruler. Amanda, how's it going? Thanks for making the time today. Yeah. Awesome, thanks for having me today. Awesome, uh, Amanda, you're on with Holly Custis of the WFA Seattle Majestics all- star there. and so uh, we were just talking before you came on uh, the excitement of the world women's game in your country in Canada, uh, the finish the second place finish once again, a standard barrier for you know a high level of football right behind USA. And so um, you know when when I heard, You were on the roster, Amanda. It was not shocking, but then it was shocking. You know what I mean? Because you would never think that a uh, Legends Football League former Legends Football League player, you know, would be on a full kit, you know, team, especially in an international level. So um, that was very impressive news to come out and go. Oh, she's on the actual team, Canada. So congratulations to you and your efforts to to get on the roster.
0: Thank you. Uh, why did that
1: surprise you? I don't know because you know you have the the differences where people go an LFL player cannot play on a full kit league because they they're just not meant for that. You know what I mean? We we'll always have that debate, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden here you are, <laughs> full kit league playing for the a... national team. You know what I mean? So it's uh, kind of like uh, not I, it was shocking in a way, but then and then you're like okay, well it's Amanda, <laughs> and she goes full ball on everything, so. It, they're not surprising that end, you know, on that side.
0: Exactly. You have to attack every opportunity as they come at you, and especially I was put in a position I've never even played before, and I held my own. Like, I've never played DB before at all, and um, I was able to hold my own against all those girls in that the world competition and, you know, to be, you know, ranked as one of the top Canadian women that are able to do that and be put on that team is amazing.
1: Now, Amanda, uh, you know we know your background, phys- uh, physical f- physical fitness. You know um, you strive for that. We catch your videos on Instagram and uh, on Facebook and the social media. Um, you guys, if you guys need a book, uh, M- Amanda, she's always available. Amanda R- uh, Ruler at gmail.com. You can follow her at Amanda uh, Bullock on Twitter as well. So, um, Amanda, it just it's it was just kind of like for me, it was refreshing to see. Uh, the fact that you just dived in, took the roster in, and then all of a sudden you put in your time and effort. And that's, that, that's like, awesome to, to see, not just from just a you know, player from one league or another, but just overall an individual that just said, I'm trying out for the team and I want to make this. And, and you guys finishing second this year was very impressive. You guys had, you know, Amy Kowalski. You got some weapons on there, a lot of Pet- petrol. Uh, on receiving, so there were some highlights of the uh, the Canada team that were really impressive. And on top of that, you guys finished once again silver medal, which is impressive in itself. Three years in a row. I mean, it's just it's just and, and the program has grown. It would have been nice to win it on homeland, but overall, it was a great tournament.
0: Uh, yeah, I definitely would have to agree with you there. There was amazing girls, and they had the skill level was there, and I'm just surprised that they came out here and gave it all they got, and I saw so much dedication that was put towards football. You know, something, you know, girls aren't supposed to be playing or whatever people want to say in the background, but here we are. We're doing what we do best, and they're executing plays. They're making making shit happen, and I'm so proud of the Canada team, and I, I'm i so excited to be having to be part of that in general. I mean, I never would have thought in a lifetime I'd be putting on that uh, –
1: Red and white for Team Canada for football. Now, Amanda, a great tournament. A lot, of, a lot of spirit on the Canadian team because a lot of players came from the Maritime, which is one side of the country, and other players came from the Western Women Canadians Football League. The, the, WT, the WWCFL in Saskatchewan has become a premier high-level league with the rivalry of you know, the Valkyries and the Riots, really puts it right there and you know given the cfl rivalries that are happening with the canadian football league this now in in saskatchewan has become a real rivalry in other words an annual event
0: that's right um i'm i'm very happy about the level of playing here in saskatchewan we actually brought the most amount of players from saskatchewan to the canadian team there was a lot of girls from quebec which is amazing as well But for Saskatchewan to come in there and hold our own as a unit is pretty good because we are, you know, a small province. We have, you know, Regina and Saskatoon, um, and you never thought, like, oh, women's football would blow up in these kind of two places here. But the rivalry has grown, and you see girls trying out every year for the riot or um, the Valkyries, which is so inspiring for other girls to come out. People always ask me, oh, why don't you play riot next? And you know what? um just being able to play uh alongside these girls in the on the Canadian team makes me almost you know want to play right next year instead
1: Yeah and you did an amazing job I mean uh fundraising wasn't uh, it's always tough because you get a short window um and given the given the fact that you know the uh, governing body is a mess in itself that also put you know kind of a strain but uh, hats off to Football Canada for patching everything up and putting the tournament together, um, you know, at I-5 New York. So that was an exciting uh, thing for them. And, then, you know, the, the whole community there uh, in Langley obviously put out a great uh, great event. We had streaming live for all of us, you know, that follow the sport. It was a, just an awesome tournament.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm so excited about everyone that could tune in and watch us do what we do best because – a lot of people said, what channel can I catch these games on? And I said, unfortunately, we could just have live streaming. But still, that's amazing. Um, until women's sport gets, you know, the recognition that it needs and we get our own football channel, hopefully, <laughs> one day. That would be great. Right. Um, I think that would be – I feel like that's going to come soon. Um, we just got to keep pushing. I feel like it's in the horizon. we just got to keep making football – on the tip of everyone's tongue being like, you know what? I want to watch these women kick ass today. So that would be the best, but I'm like happy to Um, everyone that tuned in and like people took pictures and snapshots and screenshots of it and sent them to me.
1: Yeah. And it was just a fun event and um, we got to thank all the photographers that were there, everybody that participated to, to get the, the shots as well as those that obviously had some live video and, you know, Periscope and everybody was using different formats of social media to capture the moments. Um, so, Amanda, the, the game change, was that a factor for you initially? You know, because you go from uh, legend style, which is basically 8-on-8, eight eight, or, you know, 8-on-8 eight eight or 7-on-7, seven seven, and all of a sudden now you got to play 11-on-11. 11 11. So how was that transition for you?
0: Honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, it was easy just because it was American rules, football for the World's Tournament. So I was used to that type of situation. Um, adding more players like I grew up watching you know CFL so I kind of knew the scheme I knew what was going on it wasn't a huge transition for me at all so um, we just got in there we went over plays we went over everything you know and it was easy so
1: alright so I'm going to have Holly here uh, pick your brain on here um, Holly obviously uh, WFA All-Star you're probably familiar with her name and so um, Holly go ahead
0: How's it going? Really good. I'm glad I could talk with you today.
2: Awesome. Um, so I'll just start, uh, start off easy here. What was your favorite memory of your trip to Vancouver or Langley?
0: My favorite memory. Oh, definitely. It's going to sound like really cheesy, but the final game when we were facing USA, we were just standing out there before the game even begun, and they were playing the Canadian national anthem, and I looked up and I saw my family in the stands um, because they traveled down from Regina to come see me play. That was my favorite moment because, you know, sometimes they don't get to see me play LFL, but they were there for that moment and I was glad they were. So. That's awesome. Uh, And then during the tournament, who was the hardest
2: receiver for you to cover? Oh, uh,
0: I don't know. Some of, the, some of the USA girls, I don't remember all of their names. I wish I caught them all because everyone's so tall <laughs> and their helmets, they all kind of, you know, it's all it's all a blur, it's you know, I just kind of I line up, I line up and I'm literally so tiny, I'm looking at their knees by then. <laughs> everyone kind of looks the same. I got, I got to know a lot of the players like after um, the tournament, kind of um, just walking around, speaking to everybody, but on the field, everyone was tough in their own way, especially the USA girls, because they were strong and fast, but uh, held my own against them. That's awesome. Um,
2: and then I did some research on you. It looks like you have some history in track. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. I went to the University of Virginia. Um, I was on the sprint team, so I did, like, 60, 100-meter, 200-meter uh, relays type of situation. So I'm um, a fast sprinter, and I had that kind of forward burst of speed. So I thought, you know what? I could probably use this and play some football.
2: Awesome. Um, so obviously you did a lot of training for track. Do you feel like there's a difference in how you prepare for track and and how you prepare for football or is it pretty much the same for you?
0: Yeah, I would say there are similar aspects. Like you would be doing sprints for football to help with, you know, explosiveness or bursts of speed. But with football you are you kind of um Backpedaling as well, or you're laterally moving at the same time, or you're switching your hips. I think that's where that that comes in the difference. So mm-hmm. I use my sprinting background to help train for football, but there is slight differences added in plyometrics to help supplement my football training. That's awesome. Um,
2: what got you into playing football?
0: Um, When I was younger, I always uh, went to the CFL games with my family, and, you know, my dad said, oh, like, uh, watch these players, watch them explode out, like, watch them receive the ball, and I was just so inspired by them. I said, Dad, like, one day I want to play football, so I was in track and field, and when I had the opportunity, I was like, I'm going to go drive all the way from Canada to Los Angeles and try out for the LFL, and ever since then when I tried out, I fell in love with football.
2: That's that's awesome. Um, do you have any pregame rituals? Because I'm pretty sure everybody has ever played with
0: or against that. Um, my pregame rituals is I just put on Daft Punk because it's got a great beat. It kind of gets me going. Um, I put my headphones on. I kind of focus and like recharge myself. And I always right on my arm my dad's initials because that is who I am playing for every single game. Oh, that's that's cute.
2: I um actually have a thing with my arm too. I write relentless on my arm every game because it's kind of my saying. And then if I have anybody that I'm playing for too, I write their initials or their number
0: or whatever. So that's pretty cool.
2: Um so and then it looks like you have also played
0: a lot of running back. Is that correct? Yeah, um, I played uh, running back for the Atlanta team, which is always you know fun because when you're fast and you're tiny, people kind of count you out there. All she might she might not uh, get through, but I I love exploding through those holes and um, scoring touchdowns. Sweet. Which um, NFL running back do you feel like you most resemble? I would say Darren Sproles because he is also tiny and fast and I actually watch a lot of his um YouTube videos to kind of see what he's doing next so I can copy it. That's awesome. He's a he's a great player. Uh, yeah. what else did I
2: have? Um, who's your favorite NFL team? Uh Chicago Bears. Oh, uh, that's okay. I I'm a Niners fan. <laughs> I, oh, I I know. you know I'm I'm thankful to your team for giving us all the draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> can
0: we still be friends? Can we still be friends? Yeah, yeah we can still be. You're, hey,
2: hey, you're you're totally fine. You're totally okay. No,
0: <laughs> nah, I I don't mind the
2: bears. I I just uh, I just like to give people a hard time. Uh, but no, like. Uh, I watched you guys play uh, in the tournaments, and I was impressed by Canada, and and I think uh, that it's really exciting to see the other countries develop and close the gap a bit because it's good for the Mm -hmm. entire sport to have it be competitive because, you know, basically iron sharpens iron. The better everybody else gets, it's just going to make Team USA better. It's going to make the entire sport better. And to get where we want to go with the sport, we need the product to develop. So I'm really excited, and I I thought you guys played really well. Awesome. And, yeah,
0: I kudos to, like, all the girls that were in that tournament, um, especially some people, you know, came up and surprised me. Like, Mexico did such a good job um, executing some of their plays, and we were watching um, a lot of it. And I was just like, man, like, these girls can play, and everyone's kind of bridging the gap to get better and better, and I really support that.
2: That's awesome. So when you're a running back and you're coming out of the backfield and you're, you're a little scrolls, and the defender's coming at you, <laughs> do you prefer
0: to run around them or run through them? Um, I'm the type of person that will run, try to run around them just because I'm so tiny and small. I mean, if they get a hand on me, um, they're going to try to bring me down. I rather just try to run around you. (laughs) I practice um, speed ladders and everything like that. So I try to, you know, laterally step and run around them. That's awesome. And
2: when you were running the ball in the LFL, do you feel like the spacing is a bit different because there's less people on the field or have you, when you were playing for Canada, did you run the ball at all
0: as well? I saw you, you can sit back. So I wasn't sure if I saw you play running back too. Uh, I wasn't able to play. I, I stuck to deep. Okay. However. Do you um, feel like there's more space? Yes. Yes, I absolutely do. Cause the, when we play LFL, it's more arena size, so it's a lot smaller Um, So it's, you know, it's kind of hard to get those few yards because it's very bunched together. Um, There's a lot more open space when you're playing uh, with Team Canada. Okay, cool.
2: Well, uh, congratulations on your tournament, and um, I I definitely think that you're a solid player, and I look forward to see what you can
0: do the rest of your career. Awesome. Yes, exactly. And I hope to um, talk more and meet you guys. Amanda, um...
1: you you had a great time in uh in the LFL, and then you decided to pursue uh, your your passion, which is fitness. So tell us a little bit about you know Amanda on Instagram and Amanda on Facebook and the personal trainer.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I kind of took my passion, which is sports and speed training, into real life. Um, I do athletic training. Online, or I do um, like I do a lot of Olympic lifting, so I help people with training and conditioning um, for track and field or for football, lifting, anything athletic based, as well as if you guys need a meal plans, uh, meal preparations, you got to find your macros. I believe that we only have one life and one body, so we got to treat it right and we got to push our body to its absolute best performance. So I kind of see that as you know, challenging yourself every day. So I try to, you know, post videos of me doing fun and cool things, you know, you wouldn't normally see. You know, sometimes you see girls on Instagram just, just posing, but I like to do handstands, or I, I like to balance on things, or I like to mix it up. I play football, so I'll do a speed drill, or I'll show you guys how you can challenge yourself in other ways, um, and, and in life, and just stay healthy and have some fun doing it as well.
1: All right, so I'm going to be serious here. When did you lose your Canadian accent?
0: Oh my goodness, Kay. When I I first went to the states like five years ago, and I noticed, I noticed that I picked up a little bit of an American. Well, I lost my Canadian accent. I I feel like I did.
1: I was wondering if you came home and your dad's like, "Who is this girl?"
0: Pretty much, pretty much. Everyone's like, "Uh, "Why do you talk like that now?" Like, I don't know. I spent too much time there.
1: Yeah, I, I I just poke at that because um, a lot of times, you know, I try to speak Spanish on my side with my with my parents, and they I I totally botch everything. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of like yeah. not the not the correct way. So they kind of poke fun at me all the time. <laughs> so I know for a fact that that's got to be like, you know, when did you lose your accent? Because that that happens. Like you go from one piece of the country to the other. Like you go to you go to Atlanta. I have friends in Atlanta that used to talk Southern. And all of a sudden, they've been living in California for, like, the last eight years, and they, they have no southern. So when they go back, you know, their families are like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's weird. Um, the amount of the time I spent um, in the south, like in Atlanta, I, I picked up saying y'all a little bit more, just a little bit. <laughs> and then I came here, and everyone's like, why are you saying
1: that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's funny how things kind of transition. Um, Amanda, let's talk about, you had an injury, uh, when you were playing for LFL, you had some injuries that actually happened and, you know, you had to obviously, you know, plan back and step back and kind of reevaluate yourself. Um, is this, is this now where you're at? In other words, are you going back to legends? Or are you going to play full kit in Canada or in the States? Or are you just, uh, devoting yourself to your professional aspect of it now, which is prof- your personal trainer aspect?
0: um yeah i had i had uh, actually tore my meniscus and I had uh surgery last January, so I got back into the season and um you know I was having some hamstring issues because of it. But, you know I tried to get back into it way too quickly, which is fine because i i was I was strong but just you know not strong enough, so I was still trying to play and pull my hamstring a couple times um but now. Now, having played at the level that I have played at, it kind of makes me hungry to play um, more. I kind of want to play Riot. So I'm looking into playing maybe on a team here in Saskatchewan. Um, Breaking news on the Gridiron
1: Blitz. Amanda Ruler, <laughs> probably a Regina Riot. Thank you very much for that.
0: You got the exclusive. So I was looking more exactly. into doing something like that. And I don't see it as, like, me quitting LFL. I just see it as more, um, you know, continuing, but in like a different aspect of life. I'm still playing ball, but at just a different level.
1: All right, Uh, Amanda, you had a a post. You made an article, um, and it was really well done. uh, The comparison between the full full kit leagues and the Legends League, and uh, I'm interested to see because we didn't get to see much you know, get your comments on there. Did you get any real backlash or was everybody somewhat in agreement with what you were stating?
0: You know what, that, that I was surprised because I got a lot of agreement with what I was stating. And I was just basically saying that, you know, for me and my feeling towards it is that I just felt, you know, empowered by the uniform I was wearing, you know, regardless of wherever I was playing, you know, fully padded, not fully padded. I, I, In both situations, I felt like I'm an athlete and I came here to ball out. And um, I actually, a lot of people, I got a lot of good response from it. And, you know, I had a few people be like, oh, you know what, that's that's stupid or whatever. I mean, but two comments compared to like 100 great ones, sure, I'll take that all day. I mean, not everyone's going to love what you do, but at least if you put yourself out there and you put yourself on the line and, you know, that's a positive
1: thing at the end of the day. Yeah, and the league has grown in, in leaps and bounds. This season was kind of a, a disappointment in a lot of ways with the a lot of zeros, a lot of blowouts and stuff like that. But overall, the past two seasons before that was pretty competitive, especially in your time in L.A. and your time in Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta, uh, since we're talking legends right now, um, you feel like Chicago has gotten to the steam's head because they can't seem to get over the hump to beat Chicago.
0: Uh I definitely think so. Just because it's got to the point where like they cannot win against them. And if you there was a game like last weekend where it was Atlanta versus LA and LA was or sorry, Atlanta was up 14 to nothing in the fourth quarter and then LA beat them 20 to 14. It's just kind of like I feel like when it comes down to that moment, maybe, you know, they get in their head a little bit too much or whatever the situation may be. I just feel like Chicago has got such a strong team and their athletes keep coming back stronger and they keep recruiting great athletes and they stay level-headed or whatever the situation may be that they're getting the job done, but they, they execute well and they get it done.
1: Yeah. And, and just, it just feels that way, but for, you gotta be happy for Tui, you know what I mean? Tui kind of a, not a great season last last year, and all of a sudden he comes back four and zero, and the schedule was pretty. Mm-hmm. You know, the the, the, West, the West Coast schedule is very competitive, because this year, you know, that West Coast schedule between Seattle, um, they they had to face Atlanta, they had to face Austin, and then obviously they had to face you know some of the expansion teams. But overall, I think we got to give, give him credit four and zero, pretty deserving. Do you feel like the temptation is back?
0: Well, um, hopefully it's back, yeah. Like, I I feel like they have a lot of good athletes. Like, they did lose um, Monique this year, but a lot of the players are – like, Ashley Salerno is back as well, and she was always a great quarterback. Um, I feel like she could take them all the way this season, so I feel like they're back.
1: Now, Seattle, on your neck of the woods, closer to your country there, uh, you got your counterpart, Stevie Schnoer, which is, you know, and so she's always been Mm -hmm. impressive. Seattle very impressive this year. Um, they get to take on Los Angeles. Um, I think it's more of it's their game to lose versus uh, LA's uprising to get to the next level and get back to glory. So, are you picking? Like, if you had to pick a game, are you taking Seattle or LA? Or Are you taking your uh, your counterpart over there in uh, oh. in Seattle?
0: Oh. I would say you, I would say LA.
1: Right, Temptation well. Nation just loves you right there. You're not gonna, you're gonna go silver and black That's, How did I know that?
0: <laughs> Let's put a bet down. Let's put a bet down. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you, you're obviously in the neck of the woods, so you don't want to get any <laughs> anybody on yeah. your bad side over there, right? You're probably in Cali right now. Are you? In, I think you're in Cali right now, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I gotta. Got <laughs> a route for the Temptation
1: Nation. All right. So it's going to be a fun playoffs. Um, it's going to be Seattle versus LA, and then it's going to take uh, obviously Chicago versus Atlanta. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, Amanda, uh, always nice to chat with you, always inspiring. I get a lot of people on our, our Twitter feed when we post stuff from you, you know, with your videos or any type of inspirational uh, things that you post on, especially on Instagram. Uh, so we follow you on there. So um, there's no way I can do the handstands. Just not happening. <laughs> I'd have to practice oh, a lot. You but like you make it look that. so easy and so effortless and then you make it seem so exciting, like, just get up here and do your do your handstand. And I'm like, uh, no girl, not gonna happen. <laughs>
0: not gonna happen. Uh, that's okay. Next time. Um, I'll I'll start making easier moves that you can do. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. But uh, where, can they, uh, where can the fans dive in with you? Um, I know I gave you the Twitter feed, um, and so just let everybody know where they can find you and kind of, you know, like you said, start a journey or improve your health. And you're, obviously, you're like you said, you, you create meal, plan, uh, meal plans and everything else. So uh, let's uh, have the fans let's show the fans where they can dive in with you.
0: Yeah, um, you guys can find me on my website amandabolic.com. dot com. You guys can hit me up on Instagram at amandaruler. Find me on Twitter at Bollock and you guys can even Snapchat me ruler number two, no letter A. Let me know what you guys need, and you know I'll figure out a way to make it happen.
1: All right, Amanda, thank you for making the time today. Short notice, I really appreciate it. Um, congratulations again on the silver uh, silver medal for Team Canada. Uh, to all your teammates out there in Team Canada. And uh, what an amazing tournament. And then also your team just, you know, balled out. Silver medalist, 3 times silver medalist at that. So uh, the country is very proud of you guys.
0: Awesome. Yeah, thanks for making time for me today. I'm glad that you asked me to do this.
1: Awesome. Amanda, we'll keep in touch and uh, have uh, safe travels out in California. And uh, we'll uh, check you out on Snapchat.
0: All right. Thanks for having me. Bye for now. Bye, Amanda. Bye.
1: Hey, guys, that was the uh, talented and uh, beautiful Amanda Ruler, and you can find her at uh, uh, amandabullock.com. You can find her on Twitter at Amanda Bullock. You can also, uh, if you need any bookings or information on any meal plans or personal fitness type, you can go to amandaruler at gmail.com. So uh, she's awesome. So uh, check it out. Um, we follow her on Twitter as well, and we usually post inspirational stuff from Amanda So go to Instagram, uh, Amanda Ruler on Instagram as well, and check it out. She's just amazing, so you'll love her as well. So congratulations to her, Team Canada, and the whole squad for uh, coming in second at the World Women's Championship. So, Holly, I mean, uh, that's a perfect example of an individual that has no fear, decided to just jump on, uh, take the leap of faith, and she just said, hey, I'm trying out for the national team. She does She didn't even play in a full kit league, you know. So that should be inspiring to anybody. That hey, if you if you have the drive and the know the know how, the knowledge, and the physicality, you can make the effort to get on the team, and hopefully at some point your your efforts are going to get you on the roster.
2: Definitely, um, in my experience, having gone to uh, several camps and and uh, you know the tryouts and everything, I've seen a couple. Uh, LFL-style uh, players uh, try out or go to camps and stuff. And it's definitely doable. It's just a different style of play. But if you have, you know, certain fundamentals down from the other style, it it shouldn't be terrifically difficult to transition. It's just a little bit uh, different maybe in some of the technique. Uh, but other than that, I mean, as long as you have the drive like she does, and you're coachable, and you're willing to learn the different techniques. I, I think it's definitely doable. So um, it's, it's good for her that she was able to go out and do that, and then maybe uh, show other people that they can
0: as well.
1: Yeah, and, and she just proved it right there that she—you can, can compete. But like, it's, it's up to the individual. You know, what I mean, like you said, they have to be coachable. They got to put in the time, the effort, the meal planning, and everything else that you know she stressed on there. That's also physicality. So there's a different style of play, like we just talked about earlier. Nine on nine to eleven on eleven, a lot of a little bit of transition, but also a lot of physical differences. So, um, you know, she's she's obviously amazing. Uh, we've uh, kept up with her for a long time. Uh, it was unfortunate that she had the injury, as she said, and then she probably came up too 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 earlier. But you know what? Credit to her that she went back and said, "Hey, I got to reset. I got to take my time." Uh, sort of like yourself, you know, take the year off. you could have came back earlier, but you know sometimes you gotta you know treat your body right, like she said and and take that into effect,
2: definitely, um, well, with me, my doctor wouldn't let me come back, but i so I had to like i had to like really pace myself with that, um but I will say it was the first time in my career. That I actually relaxed on that because every other time I was a player, you had to, you basically had to steal my helmet away from me, because I don't care if my arm was falling off, I was going back in the game. So, but so I could definitely relate to her coming back from an injury like that is very tricky, because the athlete and the competitive part of you you mentally think that you can still do everything. And then you go out, and your, and your body's like, no. And you, you, it's like your body and your mind are fighting each other constantly. So it's a very tricky thing. Um, and so, it, you know, if she started to pull her hamstring, that that's a natural thing with, with uh, knee injuries. Um, so it's good that she took some time off to let it uh, heal and was able to come back from it.
1: Yeah, and and she's she's an impressive talent um, in Atlanta as well as in LA when she played for Legends. And you talked about the burst and the preference of, you know, to the side or to the front or going full bore. So she obviously understands her um, stature. And some of the players, (laughs) as we talked about with uh, Luis Bean, some players obviously don't understand that. Uh, You, uh, obviously, as a veteran, like you said, you can pretty much gauge whether this player is even worthy of a challenge or they're just going to get beat, you know what I mean? So uh, everybody's at a different level, I guess, in, in terms of competitiveness.
2: Uh, Definitely. And it's good, you know, her response to my defender question coming at her is good because, you know, I played a lot of running back early in my career, and um, what I've learned is that there's obviously different styles in how you run the ball. And what you have to know is you have to know what, what your strengths are. And so if your strength is your smaller running back, then you got to use your speed because that's going to be your advantage against the defender. Where I was more of a power running back, where I had speed as well, but I also was very physical and would run you over. So like, it's a matter of knowing yourself. And so it's good that she does because it's an advantage for her when that moment is coming when that defender is coming at her. And uh, so when I'm on the sideline and I'm talking to my, my players, um that are running the ball i'm constantly telling them use your speed if that's you know if that's that's their strength and so it's good that she knows that
1: yeah um guys i was trying to get the scoop on who's going to be on commissioner's corner tomorrow with the special edition with mitchell mortaza um you know sending messages to a lot of people and nobody's you know, giving me anything, so I guess it's going to be a surprise tomorrow if it, if it happens or not happens because it's done. It, it's happened before we announced something that's going to be on and all of a sudden it doesn't happen. So at this point uh, we're waiting for tomorrow as to who will be the women's tackle football player representing the, the women's tackle football community uh, versus the uh, Legends Football League commissioner on his special edition of Commissioner's. Corner, so we'll see how that. Now, it isn't gonna be you, Ollie. That's what you told me last week. So.
2: Yeah, it's, it's definitely not gonna be me because <laughs> I got I got a lot. But that that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it's um if it actually happens, and then who it is. Um, yeah, I've I have no idea. This could go so many different ways. Here, yeah,
1: we'll I hope it's Katie. Popcorn. I really hope it's Katie. Um. You know, maybe Jen or, uh, I mean, at this point, maybe another player from, you know, that we're not aware of that's high-profiled or something. But hopefully it's, you know, it's somebody that uh, it's a long-tenured veteran, like you said, somebody that represents uh, the community in a, in a high-profile state to go up against, you know, a high-profiled CEO of a major brand. So uh, we'll see how it turns out. I was trying to get all my sources involved, but nobody's come in. Um, and short of maybe offering a $50 gift card or something, uh, didn't happen. So, <laughs> you know, I was going to go for donuts, but I don't think anybody really, you know, your in physical fitness, but they all cheat. I know everybody cheats on donuts, just the way it is.
2: Oh, man. I love donuts, but it has been a minute. Basically what I do is I just don't go where there's donuts. But my old job, sometimes my new job, they always have food in the break room and but luckily my, my office is really far from the break room so it's actually good for me that I don't go by it.
1: Really? So <laughs> my goodness, is it, do they, do they got to they shackle you next to your desk or something?
2: <laughs> no. No. I just work at a, a very large facility and my office is part of the
1: warehouse.
2: No, I know. So, um, I, I thought maybe they were locking
1: you up on the other side of the building. And
2: oh, no, no, <laughs> not no. no you. Um <laughs> My weakness, though, is uh, bagels. Bagels and cream cheese. That is my weakness. I, I, I opt for I, bagels, too. I opt for bagels, too. I'll if admit. I could eat bagels and cream cheese every day and not weigh uh, in 400 pounds, I would do it. But I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no,
1: I know. I feel you. I, uh, I go for the donut if I had to. I mean, if I had to cheat, I'd cheat. I mean, I'll, I'll admit right now. If, there, if there's a glazed donut or, you know, a, co- a coconut smeared donut on there, I'll, I'll go for it. I mean, it's just the way it is. I'm not, I'm not going to be one of those people that goes, oh, I don't know, I'm just going to leave it. No, I'll snatch it. I have to do it. Coconut's like my favorite thing. So it's like if it's, a, if it's drizzling on top of coconut and stuff, I'm in it. You know what I mean? I'm in it to win is it. <laughs> I'm in it. <laughs> I'm not going to go. It's not going to be left on there very much. Um, Sorry, I'm Amanda's probably listening to me, and that just threw away all the fitness thing, right? Just kind of like. What did you say? No. I said Amanda's probably listening to, to me right now saying that I'm going for the donut's probably not a cool thing for, with the fitness oh,
2: team that we had before. Yeah. yeah. Probably not the best move, but it's okay.
1: <laughs> all right, um, So, you know what, Holly? Let's dive into stuff that's going to make a little bit of sense here. Um, August 12th, we have Grey Iron Down Under. So, in other words, all the leagues. August 12th, Queensland launches. In September, New South Wales will launch. And then we have uh, Gridiron West, which is introducing a uh, women's league. The act, Gridiron's going to put up three, three teams in a sort of like, you know, a mini-league type deal. And they play, I believe, 999 still. None of the leagues are going to go to 11-11 except for, I think, Gridiron Victoria. But their season doesn't start until February. February, is they changed their season. where everybody else is playing during this fall season, they're going to kick off right after the Super Bowl, and then they go through, I think, May for the Vic Bowl. So uh, we're going to be diving into Gridiron Australia all the way down, all through the NFL season. So it's very exciting. So uh, while we're following NFL, we're also going to be following uh, Gridiron Queensland, Gridiron New South Wales, uh, Gridiron West, and we're going to be uh, taking care of and watching uh, at Gridiron as well. Uh, Thanks to GridironDownUnder.com. Thanks to GridironDownUnder.com. And uh, thanks to Stacey Spear, who covers uh, the women's games down south, the women's, uh, Women's Leagues of Australia on Facebook, um, so you can follow her as well, and then we'll obviously share everything from there. So, those are the everybody that keeps me in tap. We're going to have the amazing Christy Moran for the uh, Logan City Jets out of Queensland, Um, and we got Lauren Evans, obviously, from the GC Stingrays, Kenesha Sims, we got Matilda Quist from the Newcastle um, uh, Cobras out of New South Wales, we got uh, Renee Hahn from uh, the Raiders, Stacy Spears from the Raiders, uh, Kate Gardner from the uh, from the Raiders. Uh, so we got a lot of no-joke football athletes uh, that are in Australia, and I am blessed uh, for them to have helped me get the brand to where it's at now, and I'm appreciative. Uh, Liza Thomas as well was the first one that obviously contributed uh, to, the fo- uh, to the shoots, and so I'm more than uh, appreciative and gracious to all the athletes in Gridiron Australia that play in those different leagues because they've obviously uh, entrusted me. And then obviously they, you know, they, they took a, a leap of faith, as you would say. And here we are. Uh, six years later, we had the brand going pretty strong. And obviously their leagues are growing so at the, to benefit all the way around. So uh, who, who doesn't want to see Christy Moran run the ball? It's like MVP. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, she's, and, and did you see her post? Did you see her post? She's actually an All-American from Aussie. So she made oh, really? the uh, All-American yeah. squad. Yeah. She made the All-American squad uh, off the Chicago force. So, uh, so, oh, so right, awesome for right, her. right, right, okay. right. Okay.
2: Remember? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, number 48 yeah, yeah, yeah. from
1: Chicago. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah. She she couldn't, I I don't know if she was there. I don't think she could make it, but I, I think the girls in Chicago actually uh, got her the shirts, uh, the All-American yes. um, jersey shirt so uh, you know multi multi-time MVP in Grand Queensland champion in Grand Queensland comes to the WFA and makes an impact and it's an all-star in the WFA i mean that's just what a resume right that's just, how does that happen that's a resume right there
0: yeah I,
2: well definitely definitely i definitely remember her name and mm-hmm. i've i've heard of her and i i've seen her around a little bit but i think i mean any you can go to a different country and get to the point where you're an All-American um, in that country. I think that says a lot about, you know, how, how talented you are and how quickly you can learn um, in a new environment, which is which is it's awesome. So congratulations to her for sure.
1: Yeah, and uh, I can't forget Tracy Day. Tracy Day, uh, awesome, also as well. And I think she's in Chicago now with, Ka- with Cassie Brick. I'm trying to get Cassie Brick on, but – uh, I could not get her. She's a busy lady, but we're going to try to get her on. Uh, Cassie Brick, very we impactful can. in the, uh, in the women's world championships. Can you get her
2: on for me? Um, uh, I, maybe, but the other thing okay. I was going to say is my, uh, my, uh, teammate, Danny, uh, DeGroat had a uh, phenomenal year for us as a backup quarterback in Seattle. And, she and we, and we lost, can't forget right,
1: as well. well. Aussie. Yeah. yeah, yeah the Offy
2: Offy cubic. Danny is, Hilarious! It I can't tell you how excited she was when she first got here. And my other teammate Julia said that when she first had Taco Bell, it was like the light bulb went off and all she wanted was Taco Bell. <laughs> she, she she's she's hilarious. I, I I missed her already. She left a couple weeks ago. I think.
1: Can you, Can you tell that uh, if you would have introduced her to an In and Out Burger, what what her head would have felt like? In an I
2: don't know, but we we don't have those up here.
1: No, I yes, know. I'm just know. saying you've you've seen it in an in California, right? I mean, so it's yeah. Like, oh
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, just the milkshakes alone would kill your diet, just the way it is. Oh, a real milkshake. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, Danny DeGroot. Uh, she's awesome. She she played. In, uh, she obviously played uh, also uh, at uh, LGL, Ladies' Gridiron League, as well. Uh, and I believe yeah. she played in the uh, LFL Australia for a season. And yes. so um, another another person similar to Amanda Ruler transi- transitioning over, and then and she played originally I think in uh, Acrid Iron. She played in the Akron At- yeah. in the capital Acrid Iron. So she's very experienced. Um, so McCarran must have been really happy to have you know uh, you got Woods and you got the Groot. That was that was a good thing. And I think Scott is Scott gone? Did you guys boot him out? No, he's
2: still here. Are you still here, I'm still here but you, I, I, Yeah, but you Little know. Rumor has it said he, was he was in Florida. Oh um, no, um, we just had our end of the year party last weekend, and, mm-hmm. and he made a big announcement, and he totally threw everybody out because he was like, "Oh, my announcement is I'm stepping down," and everybody's like, "What?" And he's like, "Just kidding," and we we're like, "No, that's not fun." <laughs> but no, he So you guys aren't.
1: So you guys are not going to fire him yet. Is that what he's trying to say?
2: No.
1: He's still on board. No, no,
2: no he, he can stay.
1: <laughs> he can stay. Yeah, C-Rain, C-Rain yeah. is always awesome. He's awesome. He's a character. I like him. Yeah. Um, very, very good character. <laughs> um, all right, so let's, let's, let's do this. Um, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, Mexico's leagues next week as I get information from them, uh, FX Mexico, Lexfa as well. So, we'll dive into Mexico a little bit because they're going to start their season as well and their off-season. Um, WFA, let's talk WFA, WFAProFootball.com. You can go to WFAProFootball.com, and there's links to every team, and there's off-season tryouts now. Okay, so there's off-season tryouts. Uh, if you follow any of your favorite teams in your area, Google the team, Google women's football, and then Google the zip code, and then you will find local teams in your area, and you can either be a loyal fan, start following them, or if you know anybody that wants to try out for any of the teams, obviously give them their information. So, uh, Holly, let's go with your team since you're on co-host today. So, uh, anybody want to try out for Seattle Majestics? Where do they go, and where do they get the info? Um,
2: they would go to the Seattle Uh We actually have a tryout this Saturday um, and I think it's from 1 to 4 p.m. and all the information will be on the website Um, and then I believe we'll have another one in September. We're doing them a little bit earlier this this year to try to um, establish uh, uh, some structure going into uh, the holiday break. Uh, But that's where you would go and um, if you have any questions you can always uh, hit me up on Facebook as well at um, Holly Custis, and I'd be happy to answer any questions too.
1: All right, so wfa.profootball.com. Go to the site. Uh, it's been updated. It's been modified. It's been uh, remodeled. Uh, congr- you know, great job on uh, Lisa King and the and the and the team at WFA for redoing the website. It's a lot more functional, a lot more informative. And so congratulations to them. It's got your Twitter feed there. It's got your Facebook uh, links there. Uh, as well as all the other Instagrams as well. So uh, great job to them. Uh, and I believe uh, you know, going forward, they'll should they or they'll do, they'll do a better job at this point. And then the links on the teams, um, there's, you go under teams and you can find all the teams in different conferences. So um, if you are in a city near that one of those teams, obviously you can click the link on the team and then go to the teams and uh, get the information in terms of what their off-season tryout is going to be. Some of the teams, obviously, are starting earlier, like uh, Holly's stating right now. Some of the teams are going to be here, but most of the teams start their uh, off-season tra- off-season training probably, what, the first week of January into February, right?
2: Yes. Um, I think a lot of teams do what we used to do, which is basically you have kind of the tryout season in the fall where you might have, you know, depending on the team, one to three different tryouts. But teams usually don't start practice until basically January, and some of them start maybe even late January or February. It just depends on how they want to do it. But usually, it's January.
1: All right. The other website you can go to is iwflsports.com, iwflsports.com, and uh, those are the two major leagues in the in, in the actual states. Uh, we do cover other minor leagues, what we consider minor leagues, um, and, and everybody's considered major in some in some format. But the two, uh, you know, the two upper leagues, the uh, WFA and the IWFLs, will we focus on and try to cover as much as we can. Uh, there's other leagues out there. There's the US WSFL. There's the um, IWFA out in Texas, um, and then there's obviously other leagues, in, in, you know, smaller leagues and stuff like that. So we try to cover those as well. Uh, just like we cover overseas leagues as well. So you can always uh, get updates on Twitter. And our Twitter handle at Great Iron Beauty. You can always uh, follow us on Facebook for the breaking news, updates, and uh, inspiring stories from all the shares and all our network partners that we uh, work with. So at at, uh, Facebook.com, Great Iron Beauties. Uh, Once once again, I want to remind everybody, you can go to Zazzle.com, up to 20% off daily. Use the uh, daily codes. Save on tees, tanks, and, and hoodies, as well as leggings. Check it out. Order it. Every dollar that comes out of there, we uh, goes towards spotlighting another athlete in the women's uh, American football realm, whether it be globally or in the states. Um, so check it out. You can go to our Facebook page as well That's facebook uh, Facebook dot com forward slash No joke Football. So t- check it out and see uh, what you think. All right, so Holly, let's go to NFL. We got we got no Troy today, so it's kind of like uh, I wanted to get Troy's thought on it, but anyways, um, Troy's really you know try to get insightful. And, uh, these off season stuff, you know, uh, the substance abuse stuff. Uh, now we got, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, our Jarvis Landry. Uh, who else was it? Uh, I was, take my notes here. Yeah. So those are the two focus ones, right. With some sort of domestic issue right. or uh, off the field issue. Um, we'll say, well, you know, just a, an incident or something, but, I don't know. It just it just seems to be a pattern all the time with certain people, certain players, and I think in Dallas that hurts them even more than in than in Miami with Jarvis. Jarvis is still a good talent, but Ezekiel is kind of the focus point with Dak Prescott in that offense. So, uh, what are your what are your thoughts on that?
2: Um, definitely, I mean, I, I I do think that you're right and that it hurts Dallas more because. The core of Dallas, you know, uh, starting to turn the corner last year, you know, was Ezekiel and uh, Prescott, and they're very young. And
1: hey, Southern Holly, I think maybe Holly dropped off. Um, let me see here. Yeah. I think she dropped off. She should be back in a second. Here, just dropped off. But um, the issue in Dallas with a, a, maybe a probable suspension—it's going to be a big issue because I think the fact that they gelled last year uh, for the amount of effort that they put in, and all of a sudden they got this thing looming over their heads with suspension—just goes to show you that that's an issue in itself. Especially now in training camp, not so much because we got preseason coming up. Maybe it's a situation where they can resolve it, but I don't know offhand if they're going to be able to resolve it or not. Um, so hopefully the Cowboys find a solution for it. Uh, in in Miami we got domestic abuse once again. Jarvis Landry uh, with you know with the with his girlfriend. It's Miami not so much in that sense. Um, I guess you know you get to a stage where you get Jay Cutler into Miami. How is that going to affect them in that sense? Um, Holly, I think it's back. So, Holly, uh, we were just talking about Dallas, and I think you probably got a dead zone or dropped off.
2: Um, Well, maybe Jerry Jones was listening or something. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Somebody was trying to cut you down just for trying to make an opinion on Dallas. (laughs) (laughs) You Niner fan, you?
2: Yeah. Um, Let's see where he was. I think, you know, with Ezekiel – He's been in half trouble since he got to the NFL. He got in trouble, I believe, that he, it was a bad look for him to go to the weed store. Uh, he had uh, the incident uh, where he basically pulled the lady's shirt down. He He's gotten into not major trouble, but it, he's been on the radar. And when I look at that from a personal standpoint, I'm looking at, okay, this guy – He's not quite the most mature person out there. And he's very yeah. young still, so he he definitely has some time to, to develop that. But you got to be careful when you're the Cowboys when one of the cases of your program uh, is not making the best decisions. And so I'm sure at some point somebody in the Cowboys organization uh, has talked to him about this. But no matter what happens with it, I think the NFL is, is – is getting on the right foot, and I think they have to because of all the Ray Rice things that they went through, they have to investigate this, and they have to do it uh, in a full and absolute capacity. Um, And, you know, it's one of those things where I definitely think it would hurt the Cowboys more um, if he does get suspended than it would the Dolphins because the Dolphins have more around that they can can utilize and, and uh uh, in his absence, but I think it's one of those things we won't know until we know. But I definitely see the NFL is taking the right stance in it and investigating
1: it. Yeah, and I, uh, I honestly think the reality is that it's a more crucial state for Dallas. They got to nip it in the butt now. They got to get with the agent. They got to get with him, and they got to like lay down the law. You know what I mean? It's like, and and given uh, Jerry Jones's record. Uh, you know, I don't think he's going to sacrifice his branding for one running back, even as talented as he, as he is, and keep him on the roster. So, at some point, you got to make a, that cutthroat decision. So, uh, yeah, Ezekiel's got it's got some growing up to do, for sure. Um, Jake Cutler ends up in Miami. Uh, Tannehill goes down, and I thought he retired and all that stuff, and I thought he was going to not going kind to of play again or whatever, and, God, if you're a Miami fan, is this a letdown? Or is this some sort of like, oh, great, we got Jay Cutler? It's
2: just, I think it's a letdown, honestly, because I am not a Jake Cutler fan. Um, I just, Can you say it
1: again? Because obviously I nobody just, heard you.
2: I am not a Jay Cutler fan. <laughs> See, I don't know what it is about him that runs me the wrong way. I think it really comes down to the fact that he seems like a player, and obviously I don't know him personally, but just from what I've seen, you know, as far as him playing and, um, you know, what I've seen through the media off the field, he just seems like he's that player that's just there to pick up a paycheck. Like, he doesn't seem like he actually cares as much as you would want your franchise quarterback to care. Um, and there's plenty of players in the n f l that don't necessarily love the game like I do or other players, but he just he's he seems so apathetic that he doesn't even care enough to mask how apathetic he is, and that has always bothered me as a competitive athlete um so you know if you're a dolphin's fan, I mean he's serviceable at quarterback but so, he So you're, I don't are think you
1: throwing the Are oh, you throwing the band aid label on there, right? Band Aid? Yeah, or oh definitely Band-Aid? it's definitely a band aid.
2: It's definitely definitely a band aid. High
1: profile band aid.
2: Yeah. And honestly like I'm surprised that they, they didn't look at, at Kaepernick more for that spot than than Cutler. Um
1: Cap- Holly, we've talked about Kaepernick is not worthy of a roster spot. He's just not good enough. So uh, nobody's going to pick him up.
2: <laughs> They're going to take Cutler. I don't know. <laughs> it's I the just, hair. I, I, it,
1: it's Kaepernick's hair. He needs to remove his hair. That's the issue right now. If he trims down it, it, and gets a one cut around his hair, I think he'll get a roster spot. It's his hair now.
2: No. It, it's all the other it, stuff, it, but it, now it, maybe it, it's his hair. <laughs> Of all the things Captain Nick has been through, I think if I were Captain Nick and I realized that Jake Cutler got a job before me, I think I'd be, like, more offended about that. But that's just me. Um, I just, yeah, I, I think it's definitely a letdown. Because Hill, you know, is an up-and-coming guy. Like, he, he has a lot of potential. He hasn't hit his ceiling yet. There's more that you can do. And and on top of Jake Cutler being at the Like, he's he's on the back end of his career. I don't think he's the guy that you're going to um, build your franchise around. I think he's a Band-Aid because Santa Hill's down and they they need somebody uh, right now. So I I think he's just a Band-Aid until Santa Hill's Let's
1: let's just Let's just be truthful. He's no Dan Marino. Is that what you're trying to get to? Let's just be on the flat line. No Dan Marino. not Not
2: many people are Dan Marino.
1: No man, it's a shuffle in Miami, and a, definitely a non-existent position in Chicago because there's never been a good quarterback in Chicago. Never. If you go through the Ow. history, it's always been a defensive yeah. back, linebacker, running back. It's always been somebody else, but never a great quarterback. I mean, you can never say really? great quarterback. You go, you go Niners. Uh, you can literally say great quarterbacks. Like you can line up the quarterback. Oh, you God. go Rams. You can you can put a great quarterbacks. You go, know, uh, you know, you go every other team. There's some at some point down the line you get great quarterbacks in in Chicago, and I mean, it's just a band I just I feel disappointed. Yes, uh, Kaepernick could have been an optional choice, and they could have done that. But uh, I really think it's the hair. If he removes his hair, <laughs> shaves it down, cleans him up, cleans himself up, and everything, he gets a roster spot. Now it's not gonna happen. Uh, you know how it is with him. It's it's just what it is. Yeah. Like uh, Troy's point is exactly. There's going to be some severe damage to some team, and then they're going to come begging. That's what's going to happen. They're going to come back in and go, oh, he's still available. I guess we have to give him the shot. It's just be sad. Right. But anyways.
2: Right. Well, right. you know, uh, I think. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was no, just going to say that um, I think I read somewhere um, about <laughs> – there was some media person that put out an article that said, "Well, maybe they didn't take Kaepernick because he once wore a, Cast- a Castro shirt." And I was like,
0: "What? That is a, that is absurd."
1: You know what I mean? It's I like, was, who cares? Okay, well, if you have a political stance against his wearing off off the field, what, I, I don't I don't have a problem with it. You know what I mean? I, I really don't. Uh, if he gets if he comes on the field and then he makes some sort of propaganda you know, with the, you know, with the football uh, uniform or something like that, totally different attitude. You know what I mean? Then you go, okay, that just, just leave it at home, you know, leave it outside the football field or something. But, you know, for him to be outside the football field, that's an expression that he, that's his right to express whatever he wants to express. If you don't like it, then it's your deal. You know what I mean? So I I, I honestly think we've talked about it. You talked about it. Troy's talked about it. Okay. When you rank him, with the amount of people on rosters right now, and you rank him on there, he is up there in like top ten as an option to, to acquire if if you yeah. really boil down in terms of talent and in terms of capabilities you know if you break him down just as a football player and take away everything off off side of football he is a, still a valuable player and you know anywhere from top ten to in that rank i wouldn't i wouldn't go anything beyond you know or below uh Top ten, I think she's top ten quarterback in a, in a certain system, but you know it's what it is. So I'm with you. My wife, when she heard this news, was laughing when Miami takes Jay Cutler, because she when they, when uh, Jay Cutler left Chicago, she literally almost uh, had a you know had us go celebrate. Look, Jay Cutler's out of Chicago, <laughs> fantastic. So she's got the same passion and, and love for Jay Cutler that you do. So it was yeah. one of those moments. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, And, uh, uh, and she's a lovable person, too, like you are. So it's not, like, <laughs> nothing against Jay Cutler. you know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
1: He <laughs> it, it comes out so dry <laughs> on the podium that you just, it's like, there's no, uh, what do you call it, no, no drive and passion. It's like, okay, we lost the game, and uh, sort of, like, just the way it is. And, yeah, uh, we're going to just move on next week, just see what we can do next yeah, week. Yeah,
2: there's just, there's you know no, <laughs> I just, like, I don't, under, like, I don't get it, like, I, I, I know that they, they've discussed about how not everybody in NFL loves football, right? And I get that you're going to encounter those people, but they at least try to cover it up, you know, because they understand that their paychecks are on the line. So they might not love it as much as I do, but at least they're smart enough and savvy enough to be like, well, I have to play the game because my paychecks are on the line. He doesn't even care that much. Like, it's like, Double activate. Yeah. You think Ollie care. It's because
1: because he's married to a model and it doesn't really matter.
2: Yeah, that I, mean, I saw that he like he like said that he <laughs> the only reason he considered Miami was because his his wife wanted to go to Miami. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like, Oh, it's a vacation, so I guess I'll fill in for you guys in Miami <laughs> until you until you right. find something more suitable.
2: And it didn't oh, sound like I- a like a joint. You know conversation of like okay honey like this is our family moving we're like where do we want to go and didn't sound like that it was like oh my wife wanted me to go to Miami so that's the only reason why I went <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was funny. yeah it
1: turns out it turns out to be one of those things where um how do you go about that and change the culture in Miami at this point um but it's the way it is um Joe Flacco injured in Baltimore could be a big factor there. He's got injury. Uh, not a major issue from what the coach is saying. So, Baltimore right there. Uh, D'Angelo Hall, ACL suffered in Washington. That's what I was hoping Troy was going to be on, but we'll talk about it next week when he comes back on. So, D'Angelo Hall. And uh, I got sirens going around me because I'm, I'm out on the post side. So, if you hear any sirens, it's I'm okay.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: So um, basically, uh, the Niners. Tim Hightower, I guess, has a knee injury. So I don't know how that's going to how they're going to get affected by that.
2: I think we'll we'll be fine. I am excited about my Niners. Like I, I know we're not Super Bowl ready this year, but I've been watching and reading and watching, and the culture changes that have occurred in the one off season under the new regime. It, it's night and day. Even the veterans, um, you know, that have been through a lot the last couple of years, they seem like they're actually happy to be there now. And I tell you what, my guy, uh, Reuben Foster, is tearing it up uh, in interceptions and fumble recoveries and maybe and defense, and I'm excited about him.
1: Yeah, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a change uh, definitely in Frisco because with everything that's happened in the last two uh, two seasons, uh, it's, it's going to be a transition, but let's see how it works out. Uh, I'm not so hyped on preseason. I think uh, for me it's like after week five you pretty much know whether it's going to be a competitive team or not. You know what I mean? That's that's my gauge right. all the time. After week five you pretty much know whether they're going to be competitive or they're going to be just horrible. Right, definitely. How about Jimmy Graham up in your uh, neck of the woods, uh, ruptured, patella, uh, Probably not going to be ready for maybe week one or week two. I don't know what his status is going to be at this point, but uh, that's got to hurt.
2: Yes and no. I mean, I like Jimmy Graham a lot. I think he's a a great tight end, but he's a receiving tight end. And the Seahawks really struggled when he first got here to try to figure out how to use him. And I think he's really just not suited for this offense. And because the Seahawks struggled so much in the running game with their issues on the offensive line, they really used him as a blocking tight end more um, than he would like. Um, and it really took him away you know, as a weapon. And so I think it hurts, but it doesn't hurt as much as you would think. Uh, you know, considering the the name he has, he would think it would be a bigger loss. But honestly, I I don't. I think a lot of the time when they didn't have him in the lineup, it wasn't until the last part of last year that I think they finally started to to use him more. And which is beyond me, you know, even as a Niners fan, because I'm like, have you seen the size that that guy has? If you're on, you know, in the goal line area, just throw it up to him in the back corner all day. But that's just that's just me. But we'll see how that goes.
1: All right, we got um in Tex, uh, Texans are going to start Tom Savage. The Browns are going to go with Brock Osweiler. I'm sort of checking <laughs> in that sense, anyways. Uh, Broncos Trevor Simeon. Um, so these are the future stars of the uh, the NFL in quarterback play.
2: Do you agree? No. <laughs> I don't agree that they're going to be stars, but they're they're. I mean, Brock Osweiler is is another guy that like he's just kind of that band the aid quarterback. I mean, he 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 got his payday, and he's one of those fortunate quarterbacks that he showed enough at the right time to get paid. But I honestly don't think he's that great of a quarterback. Um, and then who did you who else did you mention?
1: Well, we have we have Trevor Simeon in in uh, Denver, and then you have Tom Savage in Houston.
2: I think uh, Trevor is is actually of the of the bunch. I think the most the guy with the most potential. Um, yeah, I'm not really filling on the other two. I'm trying to remember the other guy that I was impressed with this off season. Is I think it, I think Trevor is probably the guy that I would pick out of that group.
1: It's Jared Goff. That's the other guy you're impressed with, right? Oh no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I when they drafted. I'm him, not impressed with Jared
1: Goff right now in this offseason training camp. I just, so. I,
2: I. It was one of the 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 Rams had when they moved up to get him. It was that. Um, uh, it was basically like the Chicago Bears of, of this draft, where I was like, why? Because I, I, you know, obviously I'm a big Oregon Ducks fan, and I watched him play at Cal, and he was okay, but he was not worth, you know, trading up to get like that. He was not a Cam Newton. He was not a Tom Brady-type quarterback. He was not that once-in-the-generation guy that you, you mortgage the farm on. He's just kind of a backup quarterback, so... Bless his heart. He tries.
1: <laughs> yeah, we can thank Jeff Fisher for that. And thank God he's not there anymore.
2: And so right. The other, the, other, the other Mr. Apathy guy.
1: God, I can't believe that. Anyways, we'll see how he does. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of excited for the new coach in town and all the changes and everything, and we'll see how things turn out. Um, the big news, Anton Bolden this week point seven five million goes to the Buffalo Bills. That could be okay and that could be an asset for them.
2: Definitely. I am a big fan of this guy. I was really upset when we lost him with, with the Niners. He's kind of the you know, he's been all over the all over the place and he might be eighty years old now playing out there. But it doesn't matter because he keeps himself in shape and he still produces. He he is one of those veteran players that no matter what team he's on, he's he's going to produce on your team and he's going to provide leadership in the locker room. And so it's definitely, that's a big win for the Bills. That's somebody that if I was uh, a GM and some NFL team somewhere, that I, I would definitely pick him up.
1: Now the big news is uh, Vince Wilford retires in New England. Uh, obviously a lot of Super Bowl wins a lot of glory times, championships. So uh, it was nice. To, uh, it's good news, actually, in, in some senses. But uh, sad, obviously, for New England fans. But he put in the time. Uh, do you feel like he's going in the Hall?
2: Uh, definitely. I, I I definitely do. I feel like he's produced enough. He's created a, a name for himself, and that's, you know, important when you're talking about Hall of Fame because a lot of it is political. Um and what I'm gonna really miss is uh the overalls. I don't remember, I don't know if you remember him walking around in those big overalls, but that's what I'm gonna miss the most.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've seen him um uh, tear up some food in a long time. So uh, big man. And he's had he's, he's very happy a about guy. it. Too. Yes. Uh takes a lot. <laughs> a lot. Um Pretty much all I had, I, mean, I kind of scoped everything out on, on ESPN or Bleacher Report. Those are my two sources that I usually kind of follow and uh, subscribe to. So uh, thanks to ESPN and Bleacher Report for giving us some of that updates and stuff. Um, it, it's just week one uh, preseason. I don't know if you put a, any, any real stock in it. I usually just gauge it for special teams players. That's the first thing I look at is who's, who's, who's just like doing great on special teams because those are usually the guys that they're going to get picked up.
2: Uh, definitely. Uh, like you, I don't put a whole lot of stock in preseason. Other really than to look at the new players that the uh, teams have acquired and a lot of the younger guys. I, I think really that's what you're looking for. Um, if your team goes you know, undefeated in the preseason, it doesn't mean you're going to go undefeated in the regular season. And if you lose every game, it doesn't mean anything really either. Because the coaches are really looking at it like a live scrimmage. Really, what they're looking for is how do these players that are kind of on the fence or on the bubble, how how do they produce in game situations? Do they understand our scheme? You know, do, do they handle pressure well? Because it's a very pressure-filled situation for a lot of these players because it's literally they're playing for their jobs, and uh, not everybody handles that well. So the, the guys that, that do are the ones that are that are going to put themselves in a good position to make the team. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking for as well. Uh, special teams. Um, and then when the younger guys come in at the end of the game, I'm looking to see how they handle the pressure is really what I'm looking for.
1: Awesome. Um, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Gridiron Beauty. You can follow us on Facebook at Gridiron Beauties, and we got a lot of people that we network with, and we want to thank all of the people that we network with from overseas to locally to the states. Um, We have been very, very blessed to get everybody to give us information from the various leagues internationally. Um, As BJ Coletta said before, it seems like I don't sleep, and reality is nine times out of ten I probably don't sleep. But, you know, the reality is my phone goes up almost hourly, if not every half hour, especially during the uh, summer season. And so now we're going into the fall, and we just talked about Great Iron uh, Down Under, which is everybody in Australia is going to be playing pretty much in the fall. We've got the German leagues are going to finish up their playoffs here coming uh, at least September, the middle of September, so we'll follow them based on our uh, contacts uh, on, in Germany as well. And then we have certain teams in the off-season mode in Finland. There's still action happening in the, uh, I believe, the Finland League, and we'll cover that as well. And the Swedish League as well just finished up. Um, So we cover everything that you want to cover in women's football, including Legends Football League uh, during the season and off-season news as well. So uh, 24-7, seven days a week. And so uh, thanks to our staff. Thanks to all the people that uh, provide us the information to showcase to you and to our loyal followers um 17,000 strong now so um including our radio podcast as well um so holly being part of that now and i really appreciate her making the time and and putting that time in especially right here during the nfl season and she's obviously going to keep track on her niners and then give us insights on the nfl and then college football holly and another couple weeks here between you and troy i'm i'm actually getting excited Uh, based on you you guys' knowledge of college football. College football is probably the conversation that we have in the fall season besides the NFL point and maybe some news and notes from the women's game. But other than that, it's usually college football, so I'm getting excited for that.
2: I love college football. Um, I actually love it maybe a half tick more than NFL just because when I was growing up in Oregon, we didn't have an NFL team. So uh, when I started going to games when I was a kid, like that was it. The Oregon Ducks was it, and so I, I fell in love with college really. I love the passion behind it, all the all the traditions, all the different like pageantry of all the colors and everything, and um, I think it's great. Um, and I'm excited for my Oregon Ducks because we're kind of in a similar spot to my Niners, where it's it's not going to happen overnight, but the recruiting classes that we've put together for 2017 and 2018. So we're going to be really good in a couple of years here if everything gels uh, correctly. And um, so I'm excited to see that. I love tackle 12 football. I uh, I love basically any college football. So uh, I'm excited to to partake in that this fall and, and see what happens.
1: Yeah, I'm waiting to see how UCLA is going to pan out this year. So um, I'm, a, I'm a Bruins yeah. guy, so. We'll see how that pans out. Um, and, you know, uh, a lot of good quality teams in Washington, too. So they've up and coming. And you got USC as well. And then Cal has been pretty well in California down there. So the Pac-12 is going to be pretty interesting to cover. Um, pretty much that's what we got this week. Um, thanks to Amanda Ruler for coming on uh, and expressing her uh, passion for fitness and her journey to uh, Team Canada and winning, uh, winning her silver medal. For Team Canada, so that was really exciting, and you know, it goes to show, like we said earlier, it goes to show if you want to put in the time, the dedication, and the work, um, you know, you can get on a roster. And she got on a national scale, a national scale roster, basically the national roster for t- Football Canada. So, congratulations to her uh, winning the silver medal.
2: Yeah, I think that's. I still think that's pretty awesome, and um, I think it's pretty cool that she wants to. Um, play for Regina as well and uh, we'll see what happens and see how our career goes
1: yeah and that was kind of breaking news for us probably see Ruler in a Regina Riot uniform so that's even great Well, we'll see how it well, we'll turns out
2: do you like the breaking news um, uh, little uh, sound that they do on the newscast
1: yeah the I gotta add a ring to it I think uh, I'm gonna see if I can find something like that just a little corny little ring Breaking news here. Um, But, you know, she's very insightful. She's played in both leagues. She was very opinionated on one of her articles as well. And so um, other than that, I mean, you're able to do both if you really wanted to. So the opportunity is there uh, on either side if you really are dedicated and put your time in. Um, Since we're talking about articles, uh, we are supposed to be awaiting part two of your series. And so that should be coming up when?
2: Uh, that will actually come out uh, tomorrow evening, um, so awesome. I'll be posting that. Um, you can find it uh, at dot 21wordpresscom or I'll also be posting it on my Facebook under Holly Custis and uh, my Twitter handle relentless2121 will have it as well.
1: All right, so Holly, uh, give us a little preview of what we expect, so we don't get all the details. But uh, the the, first, the part one was the 1800s to 1969, which we talked about last week. So part two takes us into the journey. What, what, on what time timeline?
2: The timeline for part two is 1970 to 1999. So basically the seventies, eighties and nineties. And so basically it's a similar format to for part one and just discussing, um, the progression that we had in those decades with both feminism and, uh, female sports as well. And um, you know it, it. It's been pretty fun to work on. Uh, there's some bits and pieces um, that I pulled and researched on that I didn't even know about, which is pretty cool to uh, learn something new as well. So I'm excited to with to that tomorrow. Awesome.
1: So we can find it on um, the WordPress. So it 2121.wordpress.com, us dot wordpress dot com, right? Did I get that right?
2: Uh, so it's WordPress. Or, excuse me. You do it right. Realntlist21.wordpress.com.
1: All right, so we're gonna ch- we're gonna go ahead and share it on our Facebook page at Greater Our Beauties, our Twitter feed, and as well you can find it on. Um, are you posting it on the women's boards as well on the group boards?
2: Yes, yes, I'll also put okay. it out there as well.
1: All right, so we'll find them on the group boards uh, for all all the fans uh, that follow women's uh, American football. Uh, there's various group group uh, boards that we have, as well as other uh, boards and groups that we kind of interact with. So it's kind of fun to have that. Um, And then if you dive in, obviously you can dive in with all the stars of the game as well as some of the major stars that you're probably not aware of. Um, But it's a good piece. Part one is up on our Facebook page as well as on her um, actual uh, website as well. And part two will come out tomorrow evening. So did you schedule this to kind of like botch up on uh, Mitchell Mortaza's little or no no one?
2: actually <laughs> no i didn't schedule that like you're that. gonna be angry because
1: you did that also you know <laughs> no
2: it's, it's more like um you know how how could i can get through everything and uh there's a lot of information so take some time to go through it and then try to make it flow right and edit it and, and make it look pretty so um it's more just timing of how long it took me to finish it so but you know Take, take, it wasn't take because you were want. blocked
1: that you are that you're showing it no. up tomorrow, right?
2: <laughs> no, no, it's just, it's just a, you know, since just a blocked, he, he might see it anymore. that way,
1: you know? <laughs>
2: just kidding. You know, honestly, uh, he sounds like the type of person that would, so And hey. I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, by the way, I just want to clarify, I've never met Mitchell Mortaza. Uh, I've only interacted with Mitchell Mortaza on Twitter and via email, and it's only been a few times. So I want to just throw that out there so he can't say I'm a liar. (laughs) Anyway. And there's other people that have met him and know him very well. So I respect their opinion on what they say because, like I said, I've never met the guy personally. I've never shaken his hand or interacted or had a conversation with him. But I've had, you know, scuffs on Twitter and all that stuff. So, um, you know, hats off to him. He's actually put his money where his mouth is. He's put out the brand this long So we'll see how and who will be in the seat uh, against the uh, Legends Football League Commissioner tomorrow. It's supposed to be a special commissioner's corner. As soon as it comes out, we will uh, link it up and figure out who it is. And we are going to be shocked maybe who it is. I'm I'm thinking it should be Katie Sowers, but I don't know if he contacted Katie Sowers or not. But uh, it could be, you know, we'll find out who it is. It's kind of like a surprise surprise.
2: Right. (laughs) What if somebody that nobody knows, that
1: that would be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So it certainly so will not be Holy person. Custis just so everybody no, knows not. there's no scoop here. <laughs> it will not be Holy Custis. That's
2: I've been very <laughs> no. clear on that. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: uh, yeah. Um, so uh, we're not keeping a secret from anybody. Um, so, you know, it, it's going to be fun to see how it interacts because uh, we really need to engage on both sides. And I think the, the, the sports, as I said before and I've stated before, two different sports, you've stated that it's arena versus 11-on-11. It's sort of like not even on the same, you know, wavelength. But, you know, at the same time, it's things that need to be aired out and worked out, and hopefully, you know, the dialogue is going to be uh, informative and hopefully we come out of it better for it. Um, and just two separate brands is really what it is. The WFA has made huge strides with their tier system. I think they should stay there. They've got to do a better job of marketing maybe some major uh, major teams, you know, just pick pick a nationwide who you want to market and put some money into it, um, you know, allocate some funds. Do what you got to do, but you got you to stay at that level. Uh, the IWFL, I'm not so engaged with them, so I can't, you know, I mean, Michael Burmy would be the guy to ask. <laughs> you know, Michael Burmy would probably be the guy to ask. And that's the guy I go to anyways, Michael Burmy, And if you guys don't know, Club is, is is the place to be. So, um, I'm usually on Club Ermy, so uh, I know he's listening. so club Club Erme all the way, that's what I do. Um, and that's what <laughs> takes care of it, takes care of the ins and outs, and he's really good, so I gotta give him credit. Uh, I like his facebook Facebook live stuff too. Um, so he's very informative there. Um but you know overall, I think that's gonna be a good thing for for both leagues. Um, so going forward next week, we are going to dive into August 12th, which is the first week of Gridiron Down Under, which is Gridiron Queensland kicks off. Then Gridiron New South Wales will kick off the week after in September. And then after that, Gridiron, uh, Gridiron West will kick off. And then Gridiron within that same month. So a lot of football in terms of women's American football we're going to dive into in Australia. That's where we're going to dive into, Australia. And then we're going to finish up uh, some news and notes, like I said, with German, uh, Germany which is basically the AFVD, uh, and they have their, their big uh, – there are a lot of teams in Germany. I didn't, I didn't realize it in, until I started following them. There's like over 30 teams in Germany. It's like half of the yeah. WFA in, in, in the States. And they're, uh, they've been there a long time. I mean, competitively long, long time. So uh, the uh, Berlin Cobras, to name a few, Berlin Cobras are the dynasty of AFVD. They, they won seven championships in a row. This year they're going for back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. They're going for 3 pete once again. I think the only other uh, hiccup in the road for them was the, Shamrock, um, the, um, yeah, the Shamrocks winning uh, two years ago. But other than that, the Berlin Cobras are basically the staples of uh, German women's American football. So congratulations to their organization, their coaching staff, and everybody else that takes care of that organization because they've done a wonderful job over the, the timeline period that um, – Women's American football in Germany has been in place, so uh, we'll follow that as well. And then uh, news and notes around the league: um, we got Phoebe, who's in Buffalo; Katie Sowers in with your Niners. Uh, I think Odessa is going to be in Falconland, if I'm still correct on that. Uh, so we got all these, you know, WFA stars plus Buffalo stars in the NFL realms as well. So it's, it's you know updates on, and uh, we have. Um, Colette Smith, obviously, with the Jets. Uh, we have Callie Brunson uh, with the Jets, uh, Rachel Horn with the Jets, and Mary, Mary Rose Roach with the Jets. So we're going to kind of kick tabs on them and see what kind of news comes out of the week one preseason going into week four preseason and see what kind of impact and, and they're doing and benefiting those teams.
2: Sounds good to me. It's exciting to see uh, um, a lot of women on the sidelines and, and see how the experience um Goes and hopefully we can get even more.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 kind of fun times. Like I said, it's a really exciting time for uh, women's American football in the states because uh, you have a lot of things going in with the relationship with the NFL. You got Sam in the NFL. You got Jen doing uh, you know uh, functions out there, speaker functions and stuff. So you get that option as well. So um, it's going to be great. Um, Before we leave, you guys check out our Zazzle site, zazzle.com, for great on beauties. Save up to twenty percent off. Daily, use the daily codes, take advantage of the savings as well, and they ship internationally, so we can ship it anywhere you want. Uh, There's a small fee for certain, uh, obviously, uh, countries outside the United States, but overall you can get a great deal on that as well. And check out our Chuck line uh, T-shirts as well as our leggings, uh, T-shirts, and hoodies. You can create anything you want on there as well uh, besides what's already there. Uh, Over 200 apparel items on our shop at Island Beauty, so take a look at it. Um, so for Oscar Lopez, uh, for the absent Troy Wilson, uh, and for Holly Custis, thank you to Amanda Ruler for coming on today and uh, spotlighting her talent and her information. And also congratulations to her on her silver medal-winning Team Canada as well as her medal-winning team in uh, in the World Women's Championships. Uh, they lost, I think, 41-16 versus the U.S. But you know what? Third silver medal for Team Canada, so Awesome job for them. So, um, Holly, that's all I got. So we'll catch you here next week uh, on the Great Iron Blitz right here on Apple Podcasts and Block Talk Radio. Have a great night, everybody.
2: Awesome. Good night.